You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture and all things related to it. New episodes are released daily. For more information, check out glossahouse.com and subscribe to our channels on Spotify and YouTube. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome, everybody. I'm Fred Long, and I'm with my good friend Pat Holly, and you're listening to Proof Text, and particularly a sub. Um, edition of Proof Text, which Pat and I are calling Holy Love, spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y, Holy Love. Pat, how are you doing? Doing, doing well. Looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah, we, uh, we've recorded the opening uh, session of the podcast where we walked around why, why this podcast, why this topic of love, and why have it being modified by holy. And uh, just a quick review by holy, spelled with a W, um, I'm, in, I'm envisioning, we're envisioning like the entirety and, and wholeness, which I believe comes out of <laughs> holiness uh, or sanctification, this process of, of God of purifying our hearts. And to the extent that we're purified, I think our capacity for loving increases. And um, I think, I don't know if you would agree with that, Pat. Is that premise, is that an acceptable premise to you? That's an acceptable premise, yeah. We have to, or as people like to say, you have to you have to experience love before you can give it. So I have to be purified in my experience with God's love to be able to offer it, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can't give what you don't have. Um, yeah. And and I, I would say the object of, of God's love, it's it's freely given, but it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we are in the presence of Jesus, when people are in the presence of Jesus, they uh came to be liberated or they they were welcomed and uh welcomed the liberation that came with that. And um mm-hmm. he didn't just con- he didn't condone things. He he loved, uh, but he also said, you know, repent. Uh, in other words, stop doing things and turn around and, and do different things. And so there, there are uh, aspects of love that call for change um, and, and can be tough. People will talk about a tough love um, where there, there might need to be intervention. Mm. There might need to be said direct words. Um, that will cut and penetrate and sometimes offend. Um, we don't want our manner to be offenses, but sometimes sometimes the truth can be hard to swallow for people. But as much as we can, we need to be doing these kinds of things out mm-hmm. of the position and spirit of love, which I think can make make such a huge difference. Yeah, because would it really be love if God were satisfied with just us having the experience of love without being actually transformed, which I think is absolutely an impossibility anyway, that, mm-hmm. that he would love us so much that he would not want us to stay in our um, our current condition and to continue in our growth and to move from self, a general self-centeredness toward an experience of love and then an outflow of love uh, from there. So, or you could use a different language of, 
you know, faith produces works that love inside of us will produce a transformation, which then goes outward from there. So yeah, a purifying and set apart, set apart for God and then an outflowing from there. Yeah. A lot of people I think are terrified of the idea. Many don't even know what it entails, but sanctification, Christian perfection. Mm. But these were ways to talk about really moving towards what's called holy love, H-O-L-Y, a love that is pure. Mm. Um, but yeah, this idea of, of God sanctifying us, purifying us, cleansing us, these are all kinds of metaphors. Mm-hmm. And I think there's kind of a, we're, we find ourselves in a bit of a dilemma and God as well working with us is that is that we have um you know we've missed the mark we're we're off a little bit and i think we we carry a lot of angst around that right because we um we have a lot of fears anxieties um and 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 out of these fears and anxieties we have really bad behavior <laughs> and we grasp and take and hurt and mm-hmm. hurt people hurts people so there's this like uh boomeranging effect as well where we're inadvertently or unintentionally or unconsciously sometimes quite consciously hurting people uh get trying to get stuff trying to get even trying to so it's it's really we're messed up okay so then there's god who who's created us out of this tremendous love and he's seeing all this and he's saying oh my gosh okay this is a problem this is a very serious problem how do i how do i keep loving these people that i created mm-hmm. but not in a way that condones what they're doing so that they just remain where they are mm-hmm. so so he sees the problem He needs to meet us in that space of problem, but the goal is never to stay in in the problematic space. It's to move us into a better space, a space, I would say, of flourishing. And that flourishing comes by way of, I mean, this is all God's salvation, is the flourishing, trying to get us to that place of flourishing. That flourishing comes about by way of having our sin issues or problems dealt with, but then also in in reforming us, reorienting us, shifting our values, shifting our perspective um, to one of acceptance of love and then the ability to love and to be brave and courageous. Um, and that's that's kind of, where what God wants to do with us, but that's quite a involved process. Um, at least my that's my best understanding of the, the difficulty of um, God's love, not just leaving us where we are. <laughs> if we stay where we are, we're still in a hurtful space and and hurting others, hurting ourselves space. And so He wants to move us out of those spaces into more expansive, loving, caring, joyful space. Yes. And these kinds of spaces are glorious. I mean like and, and made for and them. all of this and all of this has to happen without 
control. So it's <laughs> like a, controlling. I'm gonna, yeah, God wants us to change, but he's going to do it without making us change. It's like his, uh, there is like, I don't know if this is the way you meant it, but I think when you were talking about the Daloma, uh, on the one hand, God's not going to condone and, and want to leave us where we are. But on the other hand, he won't force us to to change. And I, I do think that that's part of the dynamic of love and that love itself, the experience of love is transformative and it inspires one to 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 want to change kind of like roman says you know that we're his kindness leads to me, me to my repentance sometimes judgment and fear leads us to repentance too but i i think that that is a, a kind of a more primitive and and kind of a childish but a good start is to to change because i'm fearful but to be inspired by love and to let that be something that makes me want to grow and to change because i I want this love to flourish in me, and I want to love other people as opposed to it being some 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 force of control. And I really think that the incarnation has got a lot to do with it because God meets us where we are uh, and meets us in our in our experience of being humans that are broken. He submits himself to being a human being in uh, under human laws and loving us in a human condition. He called 12 messy people to be in relationship with and, and love them through that. And as you said, said hard words to them, but also said loving and kind words, just kind of that, that gentleness, but also not wanting us to stay in a place of, of self-absorption to where we um, use our hurt and our uh, our longing for love to be something that controls us in, in these um, unhealthy ways. But it, it, we can find a way to get our need, our needs met in healthy ways through love, which is a, is quite a challenge because when we feel insecure, I think we do, like you say, we want to devolve to control or demand or some other type of vice that we have. I mean, actually, I think all vices are a mm. failed effort to love. Wow. Okay. We're going to need to unpack that at some point, <laughs> like one by one. <laughs> what vices, how, how do they fail? I mean, there's really so much to talk about here, folks. And if you're finding your plate yourself in a you know, frustrated in relationship, frustrated with your understanding of love or meaning, like we're glad that you found this podcast and we're going to explore this with you. Um, so please uh, leave comments, ask questions um, as they might come up. Um, you know, I'm a, New Testament professor. I love scripture. I love thinking deeply about scripture and God's salvation plan for us. Pat is a very thoughtful um, counselor, uh, a psychologist, would you say, a theologian. Um, he merges, like I know he researches these things and is really interested in the nature of reality and what it is and, and people. And then combine that with like counseling and relational insights. I mean, we go fishing together and when we travel there and when we're fishing, we get a chance to kind of talk about these things. In fact, that's kind of where this idea came out of to have this podcast. So, mm -hmm. so thanks for listening. Yeah. And what I recognized in becoming a counselor is that ultimately what people end up doing in their lives 
jobs or what I end up facilitating as a counselor has to be eminently clinical, and which 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 I didn't have to be necessarily as a, as a pastor or someone with a theological degree. You could you could talk about ideas, but the but the ideas have to put on flesh and blood. How do we do actually do that? How do you actually do that experience of receiving God's love and loving other people, you know, concretely speaking, yeah. how do you actually carry that out? And so that's yeah. why I feel like the questions from from the audience could be very helpful to to make us be practical and yeah. application of biblical truth. Yeah. Yeah, we're both a little bit of a heady heady people, um, like to theorize, yeah. uh, kind of see big picture. But yeah, if it doesn't if this doesn't uh rubber doesn't hit the road. Um, if this doesn't impact us, this, if this doesn't change us, change our perspectives, our, our, our attitudes, our behaviors, our habits, then, you know, it's a, it's a futile exercise in, in my, mm. my book. Um, well, I wanted in this episode, we really just have a few minutes. I'm going to screen share here. And for those of you who um, are are listening, we'll try to do the best we can to uh, have you follow along, but I have some. Uh, there's a verse here, and this verse is First Timothy, First uh, Peter, one twenty-two. Now I have a YouTube channel, and I've walked through this in the Greek, uh, but here it is in English. Uh, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Okay, this is the NASB translation. Now, the main verb here is a command, love. <laughs> Everything else is hanging off that verb. Now, there is a direct object, one another. So that's the main verb. Everything else is uh, a modifier. So you have a since clause, and this extends through this comma, but then even within these, um, this this clause that begins with since, you have these different modifying expressions: in obedience to the truth, for a sincere love of the brethren, from the heart. And by the way, um, the Greek text underneath there probably um, newer translations are going to have it. There's the word clean, from a clean or purified heart. And that has to do with um, the transmission of the Greek text that from which we get our New Testament. That there's a, a variation right there. And there's actually a Greek word that probably was original there, from a clean heart. Um, okay, so these are modifying expressions. And this word fervently, fervently love one another from a clean heart. So you have a lot of modifiers. Each of these is a modifier. And um, it's actually helpful to see how they modify um, the main verb, and which is a command, love one another. So these are all modifiers. I've spelled that correctly. And uh, so in, in what follows here is my rough translation, preserving the word order. And what's what's intriguing about this verse, and I love unpacking the nuts and bolts of it, um, are different ideas and concepts which are huge, huge. For example, 
your souls, um, the fact that it's your, which has to do with personal ownership and agency. You know, God doesn't override our agency. And the fact that we're described as souls, the word soul there, psuche, um, profiles us and and who we are in terms of eternity um, and, and that we have a thinking process going on. Having sanctified is, is a participle, stressing like this purification, having been sanctified or having sanctified your souls. This is active in voice. This is something that we do, um, that we're sanctifying our souls. So there's something in our souls that can be, that needs to be purified, sanctified. And this idea of sanctification is related to being in relationship with God modeled after God, who is the Holy One, the Holy One himself. We have this personal responsibility to carry this out, to cooperate with God in this process. Yes. Yeah, and so I think in the next episode, we're going we're gonna to start there, because I think that's the, the, a, a good place to start, is, is with God as, as the other. Um, and Pat, I, I mean, you can have some great thoughts on, on what, that, what that means. Now, one way or the way really for sanctification is by obedience to the truth so we can obey all kinds of stuff but if that obedience is not directed properly to the truth it's not going to be as it's not going to be efficacious for us it's not going to produce good results this idea of obedience i think speaks to our habituated embodiment like habits, um, things that we commit to, um, a disposition of, of submission. And then, of course, that obedience, that submission is to the truth. And so the, what is the truth? You know, this is what Pilate asked Jesus. What is truth? You know, can we handle the truth? Um, <laughs> this really gets to what, you know, fancy word called epistemology. How do we know what is true? And Pat, I know that you're very much interested in that. And, uh, you know, we find ourselves in these bodies, in these broken relationships, and our bodies, as we age, they start to break down. I mean, we have limitations and, and frustrations. Yeah. And it's by this obedience, though, that this sanctification work that we as agents commit ourselves to is enacted. It comes by way of that obedience. There's no, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. So the next, um, the next qualifier, modifier, is this prepositional phrase, for an unhypocritical sibling love. Okay, wow. The preposition there, is, um, is directional, and it indicates a purpose. So the purpose of our sanctifying is always for love. I think our sanctification, however we understand it, is subordinated to the goal of developing a sincere or really unhypocritical love uh, and sibling love. The word there is Philadelphia. It has to do with, it's often translated brotherly love. It's basically a love that regards people as a sibling, um, close family relationship. And so these three, this prepositional phrase has a lot to it. The word um, unhypocritical, uh, a hypocrite, um, a hypocrites, a person who is a hypocrites was an actor. And so a lot of us go around acting, but we're called to 
be authentic. And I think people long for that authenticity. And so the purpose of the sanctification is to make us whole people, integrated and uh, authentic. And so then that's all a subordinate clause, all the way from your souls all the way to that point is a subordinate clause. And then we have the main clause, from a clean heart, there's the need for purification. And the heart has to do with the core of our being, our personhood, maybe even our consciousness from that heart, the core will of what it means to be a human being, we then love. And the love is directed towards one another. In, in Greek, this is a reciprocal pronoun, um, which indicates that it, it goes back and forth. We're in community, and it's not just a one-way street. It's reciprocated. So we find ourselves around brothers and sisters who then uh, can love in return. We love, they love, and it's a beautiful community of sharing. And then the last word here is really interesting. It's translated often as fervently, but I like the word expansively, which is a technical term in counseling to be expansive. But the Greek word uh, is ektenos, and we actually get the English word extension from it. So we're to love extensively. We're to love in a way that kind of moves us outward. And I just think that... Mm. Amazing. There's a lot to unpack in mm. in this verse. There's a lot of dimensions to it. And I thought, I just wanted us to look at this verse. If you've never seen this verse, uh, look it up, meditate on it, look at it in context too. And I can't even, you know, we don't have time to look at it in context, but um, maybe we can do that in a future episode. So any any closing thoughts? I think we need to end this episode. Um, Pat, do you have any closing closing thoughts here on um, what I've shared? No, just to say really that that verse is so, and you could almost view it as, as a, like a ready-made paradigm for us to, to see how it starts with that holiness and we have personal responsibility to engage um, in our, the sanctification process. So obviously that, that's part of this but I have a role to play in and for it to issue out in love toward community. There's so much there that I look forward to unpacking. Yeah. Yeah. And verse 23 um, has to do with being born again. <laughs> so, and you know, substantiating, providing support for that call to love, like what even makes that possible? Well, is the fact that God's word that has come into our lives and we have been born anew into his family. Well, thanks everyone for listening uh, to uh, Holy Love, a podcast uh, being uh, brought to you through Glossa House's Proof Text. Pat, thanks so much for joining me and we look forward yeah. to having you all listen and watch us next time. Take care. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glossa House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.